Good morning. It's good to have this number out with us for morning half of our worship service. And if you have your Bibles, be opening up with me to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. Matthew 12 and verse 30. When you have that opened up, also open up your songbooks to 347. Two openings. We're going to be busy this morning. 347 in your songbooks. The title of this song is Who Will Follow Jesus? And this song is derived from Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. Imagine that, right? So as we dive in this morning and consider something, I want, something kind of came across my mind the other day. I was actually driving to work and I, something just popped into my mind. What a wonderful question to ask ourselves. Who will follow Jesus? Well, Jesus also commands his disciples to take up our cross and follow him. Which in turn we must also do. And it's, again, it's in our everyday walk of life, not just on Sunday, Sunday evening, and Wednesday evening. It's every single day. As Christ bared his cross, so as also we must bear our cross. But Christ says something to, uh, as he's teaching here in Matthew chapter 12 in verse 30. He's, he's also teaching with the, at the back end of the last half of a house divided cannot stand. We made mention of this on Wednesday night on the idea of, uh, of the church or the, the household of faith divided can't stand. And I, I like to use the example of if you cut your house in half, it's going to collapse and fall into on itself. Or a bookshelf. Uh, you may have bookends on your, on your library and it's holding the books up. You take one away, it's all going to go to one side. A house divided cannot stand is what Christ is teaching. But in verse 30, he says this, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. We notice here in verse 30 of Matthew chapter 12, there's either one or the other. There's, there's no in-between. There's like, you can be with me for a little while and then go away with me, for, go away from me for a little while. There is no in-between. Either you're with Christ or you're against Christ, which in my mind is that, that are we following Christ? Are we doing the things God would have us to do to be obedient unto Him? And we have the little joke in here about, about uh, faithfulness or obedience. That's, we go to one guy about the idea of obedience, right? Obedience is a wonderful thing in our everyday walk of life. We think about Christ. Are we obedient to His instructions? Are we following Christ? Well, let's turn to the song in, verse, uh, in your songbook in 347. The title, of course, is Who Will Follow Jesus? Verse 1. Who will follow Jesus standing for the right, holding up his banner in the thickest fight, listening for his orders, ready to obey? Who will follow Jesus serving him today? Who will follow Jesus in life's busy ways, looking for the master, giving him the praise, earnest in his vineyard, honoring his laws, Faithful to his counsel, watchful for his cause. Who will follow Jesus in his work of love? Leading others to him, lifting prayers above. Courage, faithful servant, in his word we see, on our side forever will this Savior be. And of course the chorus goes as this, Who will follow Jesus? Who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side, Master, here am I. Who will follow Jesus? Who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side. 
When we sing the song, and we, and we of course read it as it flows just like a poem, we need to ask ourselves, are we standing for the right? Are we holding up this banner in the thickest fight of the hardest times? In doing so, you are with Christ. Listen to verse 30 one more time, the first half of it. He who is not with me is against me. Again, he's teaching the idea of a house divided cannot stand. Now, previous to this, in, in Matthew chapter 12, a little bit of a context of this lesson, the reason why it brought on. Well, he, as he was healing, as he was curing folks of their illnesses and of their diseases, well, those Jews said, well, he's, he's casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub or Satan. Another name for old the devil. That's, that's who he's, that's through the power of Beelzebub is how he's able to do that. And Christ rebukes them instantly. He says, wait a minute. A house divided cannot stand. Does he not say in verse 26, if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Folks, he wasn't casting out demons by the power of Satan. He was casting out demons by the power of God. Period. End of statement. That was just their argument to disprove him being the son of God to prove they were correct. I want us to ask ourselves a question today. Are we standing with Christ today? Well, verse, uh, excuse me, the second, it's the first stanza of 347. Holding up his banner in the thickest fight, listening for his orders, ready to obey. That's a question we need to ask ourselves every single day. Whenever we realize we are not following Christ, when we're no longer in his in his presence, and no longer a covenant relationship with him, we need to take notice of the world around us so as we don't look like it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Turn there with me. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Listen to what Paul is saying. He's instructing us to be something different. He's instructing us not to look like the world, to be holy, to be set apart, to not be of the world, to not have that carnal mind, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And he adds to it, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Jesus Christ gave his disciples instructions to follow. He gives us instructions today to follow. He instructs us again to take up our cross and follow him. Give our sins to him. Turn away from the iniquities that we involve, in, involve ourselves with. Do not do them anymore and look like God. Just as Jesus Christ himself looked like God. Again, my mind goes right back to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. I use that verse often, and I, I, it's fresh in my mind. I've even got folks in the audience here that can almost quote it word for word. Folks, we've got to walk in the light. As God himself is in the light. If we do not do so, we are not with Christ. We are against Christ. And Christ has warned his disciples. He has warned us today in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Are we following Christ? 
I seriously hope so. It's easy to get out there in the world and be like Romans chapter 12, the opposite of it, what the warnings that Paul is giving to not to be conformed to this world, to not let the relax of the world and the and the the off time, if you will, away from your your brethren, your sisters and your brothers in Christ to be during the week and look like the world. That has been described as a lukewarm church. Revelations has made it clear to the outcome of that lukewarm church. Jesus said he will spew them out of his mouth. I know that verse because I use the example of soured milk. You ever took a drink of soured milk? It's horrible. I don't recommend it. Smell it first, by the way. Don't take a big old swig of it. Yeah, I made that mistake once, and I spewed it out of my mouth, right? That's that's the representation of that spit. I want nothing to do with it. It's like that old sour milk. I want to get rid of it real quick. Be conformed to Christ. Look like Christ. Be holy. Be acceptable in the eyes of God. Again, finding out what is acceptable to God and do them. Back in verse, uh, excuse me, Psalm book 347, in verse 3. Who will follow Jesus in his work of love? All right, let's think about that for just a second. What was Christ's purpose when he came to this earth? When he came to this earth, he was preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. Again, Matthew 12, verse 30, we got to be with Christ. Because we're not with him, we're against him. And also, we must gather. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. How does one gather with Christ today? Well, first off, you've got to put Christ on, right? Galatians 3.27. And John 15.5, for without me, you can do nothing. So as we put Christ on, living a, the rest of our life, do not be conformed to this world in Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, living our lives to the best of our ability, being faithful. Revelations 2.10. And also, turn to my back bookmark here, if I didn't lose it. Well, in Artist's reading, he kind of added to this unknowingly whenever the, uh, was John, uh, excuse me, the second epistle of John. Second epistle of John in verse 6. When Brother Artist read uh, 1 Thessalonians, something really came across. And I, and I added to the lesson this morning. We read in first, uh, excuse me, Second John, in verse 6. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that you have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. You should walk in the commandment that Christ has given us. That was our instruction from John in his second epistle. This is love that we should that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that you have heard from the beginning that you should walk in. Unfortunately, as human beings, we falter and we stumble. It happens unfortunately. Even Paul himself, he despised it. He hated it when he sinned. His will was not to... He, he tried his very best to not sin, but yet still he sinned and falls short. Just as you and I do today, I'm thankful that our Heavenly Father allows us 
an escape. That escape is found in 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 5 and actually ending in verse 6. The idea of how we get rid of our sins, but how we are to come to God, how we are to clear our consciousness when it comes to God forgiving and forgetting our sins. How do we do that? That sounds so wonderful to be able to have an opportunity to stand before God and following Jesus in his work of love in 347 in your songbook. All right, let's listen to 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Therein lies sin. Oh, I'm a Christian. Well, but you don't look like Christ. We lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. There you go. A lot of folks say, well, I'm not a sinner. Oh, yes, you are. All men sin. Romans 3.23 tells us that. For all have sinned. All, you and I included. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Like I said, God offers an escape. He offers it. He instituted it before this creation. Excuse me, he created it before the world was even created. He instituted it whenever Christ died on that cross. If we confess our sins in verse 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's your escape. Turn back to God, to turn back to God, to turn away from your sins and iniquities, confessing to Christ, confessing to God that you're a sinner and you need his forgiveness. In verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word, his word is not in us. His word tells us that we're going to sin. His word, folks, the reason why Christ came to this earth is because we sinned. Yet still Christ was sin-free. Chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Oh, there's that word that just rolls off my tongue now. If y'all remember here at Booth Chapel, the first time I read, here's where I read. And that word just stumbled. I couldn't get the... I couldn't get the syllables out, and I just stumbled all over it, but I know what it means. It's been made clear to me what that word means, and it rolls right off the tongue now. He himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. There it is again, keeping his commandments. He who says, I know him. And does not keep his commandments. He is a liar and the truth is not in him. Again, look at me. I'm a Christian. Oh, you don't look like a Christian. You don't speak like a child of God. And you do not behave like Christ behaved. Don't treat others like Christ. That's what Christian means is to be Christ-like. Just saying it doesn't. Let's make sure we look like Christ. Make sure we make sure we're following Jesus Christ in our everyday walk of life. But whoever keeps his word. In verse 5, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who, he who, I can't speak now. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk 
just as he walked. Who do we look like? Who are we following? I seriously hope it's Jesus Christ. Back in Psalm 347, who will follow Jesus? The rest of verse 3. Who will follow Jesus in his work of love, leading others to him, lifting prayers above. Leading others to him. My mind goes right to the Great Commission. This song is packed full of scripture. The Great Commission is applied to you and I. Matthew, <laughs> Mark's an answer it already, go. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And of course, all power and authority has been given unto me is what Christ says. He tells his disciples to go out there into the world, walk just as I have walked in verse 6 of 1 John chapter 2. Walk this world just as I had walked. Christ came preaching the kingdom of God. Just as also today we must preach the kingdom of God to the lost. And if you notice something in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, we're creating something with the help of God. We're creating disciples. We're encouraging folks to come to Christ because that's exactly what Christ would have us to do. Verse 3... Uh, Psalm 347, the last of verse 3. Courage, faithful servant. Again, Philippians 4.13. In his word we see on our side forever will this Savior be. On our side forever. Verse 20 of Matthew chapter 28. Do these things and lo, I'll be with you until the end of the age. Amen. Folks, are we following Christ? I seriously hope we're taking our best foot forward, serving Him in our everyday walk of life. When we're walking this world, just as Christ would walk. I want to turn. I made reference to this just a few minutes ago. Turn with me to Revelations chapter 2 in verse 10. We see this often, but my mind goes here for a church that's enduring serious persecution. Well, had went through persecution and Christ is encouraging them that you're fixed to endure some persecution. Revelations 2 and verse 10. Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. That being faithful to the end of our lives, that extends to us today here in 2020. All right, have we been faithful? Have we been following Christ? Have we been turned to Him through our low and down times? I seriously hope so. Because as we have that attachment to Christ, and I, again, I made a reference to this as well. Turn with me to John chapter 15. I told you we was going to be busy this morning. <laughs> John chapter 15 and verse 5. Of course, this is the parable of the true vine. We look at Christ's instructions here as we've got to stay attached to that vine. If we're not attached to that vine, we fall away. And when we fall away, we are dry up and, and together, together to be burned. Especially those branches that do not bear fruit. So now we think about being attached to Christ. John chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. You cannot be pleasing in the eyes of God if you're not going through Christ. Period. Is exactly what Christ is teaching. 
Again, the song reflects our lifestyle. Who will follow Jesus in Psalm 347 in our song books here at Booth Chapel? Are we following Jesus Christ today? Are we attached to Him? Or are we looking like the world as Paul instructs in Romans chapter 12 in verse 2? Do not be conformed to this world, but be conformed to the next world. Be conformed to God. Because in the beginning, were we not created in, in their image? Because he says our. Let's make sure we look like God in our everyday walk of life. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Let's walk in the light. Let's be children of light. Imitate ourselves of Christ. Paul, he also says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Let's imitate Christ. Let's follow him in our everyday walk of life. Now, in doing so, Christ had a little bit of a leg up than we do. He had something more significant. He was God. But yet still he put on flesh. He lived this earth just as you and I live every single day. And he had an opportunity at the beginning of his ministry, Satan tempted in all three classifications were tempted. Have you succumbed to Satan? Have you taken that short little walk with him? Have you said that bad thing? Have you treat someone dishonestly? Have you told that little lie? Well, I'm here to tell you right now, there ain't no such thing as a, 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 an honest lie. There ain't no such thing. In the eyes of God, it's sinful. And God hates sin. He hates being separated from His children. And Isaiah 59 2 tells us that our sins and our iniquity separates us from God. So His eyes and His ears is turned away from us. Let's have that reconnection. Christ, He just said that. We just read it. John 15, 5 at the end of it. For without Him, we can't do anything. We can't do nothing. We can't be pleasing in the eyes of God with sin in our hearts. Let's get rid of it. Let's cast iniquity out of our lives. Let's have the mindset that Paul had in Romans chapter 7. For his will is to not sin. But when he did, we have an advocate. We just read about that advocate, Jesus Christ. He's that propitiation. See there, it rolls right off the tongue. Folks, he paid our sin debt. So we can give our sins to Him as we turn back to Him and as we are faithful to His Word, walking in His love. Are we following Christ this morning? Or have we stepped away? Are we following Satan? He does say, did He not? Did we just not read? Matthew 12, verse 30. If we're not following Christ, we're following Satan. He told the Jews that very vividly, very clear. Whenever he told them that Abraham's not your father, God's not your father, other devil, Satan, is your father. Let's make sure the devil is not our father this morning. Let's, let's tell the devil to go away. Let's tell him we want nothing to do with him. Let's say, God, I'm ready to be faithful. I'm ready to be obedient. I'm ready to be with you. For I know what you paid for me, your son. Jesus Christ, I'm thankful you gave your life to me on that cross, offered your, your sin-free sacrifice, for my sins to be remitted. Do we need to have those sins remitted this morning? By coming to Him through confession. Getting forgiveness. Turning away from our sins is important in our spiritual lives, folks. For without that turning away process, we're guilty of it. So let's turn away from it. Do you need to come to God? Do you need baptism? Don't wait any longer. Come to God. Be saved. Why not this morning? Why don't we do so as we stand? And as we sing the song of invitation.